Hi, and welcome to South Carolina Murder Mondays. I am your host, Nicole Simmons, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. She was in a grave by herself. Margaret Edwards Pegg Cutno was born September 30, 1957, in Sumter, South Carolina. She was only 13 years old. On the morning of December 19, 1970, Peggy Cutno left home for school and vanished into thin air. Her mutilated body was found on December 30th in a wooded area near Sumter. Her body so terribly mutilated that the judge sealed her autopsy report at the trial. Both her left breast and lower abdomen, including her vagina, had been neatly sliced away. William Joseph Jr. Pierce Jr. was an American criminal and serial killer who committed at least nine murders in three states from June 1970 to January 1971. After his capture, he admitted to his guilt, was convicted and sentenced to several life terms. In 1974, Pierce refuted his confession, but his appeals were denied. He died May 31st, 2020 at the age of 88. Pee-wee contradicted the coroner's report, which stated that her body was covered with cigarette burns, swearing that he had burned her with hydrochloric acid. Today, it is known that black pubic hairs were found on her body and Pierce had reddish blonde hair. Pierce was convicted for this murder, but until Gaskin's dying day, he swears he murdered her and not Pierce. There was also sperm found in both her vagina and rectum. The DNA analysis had not been developed at that time, unfortunately for Pierce. It was December of 1970. Law enforcement officials would reach a decision that still has citizens strongly divided. Swearing that Junior Pierce had given Georgia officials a verbal confession to Cutno's murder, they were unaware that the confession had been tortured from Pierce. Indeed, he was taken to the prison's hospital that night of his confession and treated for severe burns to his genitals, caused by an electric kettle prod. Peggy was an outstanding young lady and the daughter of State Senator James Cuttenow and the granddaughter of Clemson's University President, Dr. Robert Poole. It will never be known who actually killed Peg Cuttenow. Patricia Ann Osbrook was only 17. She was a best friend of Janice Kirby. Janice was the 15-year-old niece of Pee Wee. He took the girls off, sexually assaulted them, and beat them to death. Since Janice was family, he buried her body behind an old barn, deeper than others, while dumping Patricia's body in an abandoned septic tank. While Gaskins was questioned, About the girl's disappearance, he calmly and innocently explained they ran away. It was years before their bodies were finally discovered. Here is Agent Parnell recalling the day they found Patricia's body in the septic tank. Went over to uh, search for a place that Peavy described as having cement slabs. A graveyard? So we got down in the area where 
you told us it was. And uh, we found the black female's remains on ditch bank, like a quarter of a mile from this place. They were Clyde, whatever her name was. But uh, found her skull and just a few scattered bones. And directly down the dirt road and across it was an old house spot that had, I think it was three, three concrete slabs, you know, just to cover a septic tank. And one of my daddy's deputies lived across the field about a half mile further down that road. And he asked him, he said, where, where are there any cement slabs around here? And he steadied on a little bit. He said, the only ones I can think of is in the house yard of that old house up there. Uh, so we went back up there. And that was Grady Query, lawyer. My daddy, my father-in-law, me. else was there, but it was at least the four of us. We took a pry bar and pried that, moved that, that slab out the way. And there, down in the bottom of the safety tank was Patricia Ann Alsbrook's pelvis down, general pair of pantyhose. We kept all everything from there down together. All the foot bones and everything were together in the hose. Of course, everything else had fallen apart because it was not contained in the uh, pantyhose. And uh, we remember the note, Dr. Sexton came up after after the fact, we lowered him down in there on a, a, a backhoe bucket. And uh, he did his preliminary examination. We got it all we could out, wearing waders and whatever else. And then took a, a clean safety tank truck and just sucked it dry. And then blew it back through a, one of these screens like this. And that's where we found her high school ring with her initials in it. And that was basically how we did some of the identification anyway. Knew uh, whose dental track charts to look for. So we found her there. That was a great query, query to have a heart attack. The body of Martha Ann Dix has been missing since March 29, 1972. The 19-year-old black female went by the name of Clyde in public. Clyde left home between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. and never came back. Rumors were she disappeared with an unknown white man, but nobody knew him. She just vanished. It is said that Clyde either sold or gave drugs to his niece Janice Kirby and her friends. Pee-wee was outraged with this behavior, so he took care of what he felt he needed to do and killed Clyde. What doesn't make sense is that he would kill his own family. Not saying killing anyone is right, but why kill your niece if you already killed Clyde? Clyde was a lesbian and presented herself in a masculine way, often dressing in men's clothing. In the late 70s, Pee-wee confessed to Clyde's murder, saying, he threw the girl's body into a ditch. This is the body Agent Parnell was just talking about finding on his way to the septic tank. P. 
Pee Wee's serious murders continued in 1974 with 36-year-old car thief Johnny Sellers. Sellers owed Gaskins $1,000 for auto parts, but he was slow to pay, so Gaskins was tired of excuses and lured Sellers into the woods and shot him with a rifle. Later that same night, Gaskin called Johnny's girlfriend, 22-year-old Jessie Ruth Judy, and stabbed her to death and buried her beside her lover. Diane Neely was recruited by Gaskins to lure Yates from his home for murder on the night of February 12, 1975. Everything seemed to go as planned. The contract came back to haunt Gaskins when Diane Neely moved in with Avery Howard, a 35-year-old ex-convict that served with Gaskins. She told Howard about the murder, and together they approached Gaskins and demanded $5,000 for hush money. Gaskins agreed to meet them in the woods outside of Prospect and bring cash. When they arrived, Gaskins had his pistol in hand, two shots, and problem solved. They were also buried together. Kim Gelkins was 13 and a friend of Gaskins, who angered him by rejecting his sexual pleasures. Gaskins reacted as normal by raping, torturing, and strangling her, planting her body in the woods. Her body was the one found by the boys' clubhouse in episode one. Diane Neely's brother, 25-year-old Dennis Bellamy, along with his 15-year-old half-brother, Johnny Knight, were lured by Gaskins into the woods to a big tree. They had no clue this tree marked Gaskins' private graveyard. He stood behind them and pointed up to a large limb and talked about how it would be perfect for lifting engines out of the cars. As they looked up, he shot them both in the back of the head. They were both buried together. It is so hard to understand how this man had a heart. He truly loved his daughter. And how do we know? He told her what he did. He loved and trusted her. She was a bit afraid of him, I believe. She even stated she didn't like being alone with him. But he never did anything out of line to harm her. She knew so much and could have stopped him by turning him in sooner. I truly believe... But you can't blame her for being afraid and keeping her mouth shut for so long. She did testify against him later in trial. These were just a few more victims that were known about. Who knows the truth if there were any more? Gaston's claim is about 110, but I truly believe it's bullshit. God bless the families of these victims as well as their souls. Nobody deserves to be treated the way he treated people. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Murder Mondays with me, your host, Nicole. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Donations for travel and research can be made via Venmo to Nicole Simmons 87 Catch you next week.